Hello and welcome fellow commoners to Politically Casual. I'm Julio Gonzalez. And I'm Corey Vanderhorst. Corey, you ready to get political? Only if it's casual. This week, a brand new Supreme Court justice has been nominated and put in place. How will this affect the midterm elections? But first, we got questions locked. And answers loaded. In this week's edition of Fire Fire Will. Choir, why don't you just go ahead and sing us in. Come on and shoot. Fire Will. What would a drink inspired by Nikki Haley be called? The the hit and run. (laughs) I love it. Would you rather drink with Brett Kavanaugh or have him organize your calendars? Throw ice at me. (laughs) I need him to organize my calendars. I never know where I need to be, ever. McGregor fought Khabib this past weekend. Which politicians would you like to see duke it out in the octagon? Cory Booker and Mitch McConnell? No. No. Cory Booker would just... Joe Biden and Mitch... (laughs) <laughs> Next question. Dick Cheney is getting a movie made based off his life. Uh, what would the movie about Mike Pence be called? <laughs> the uh, Electric Chair. <laughs> a four-man band comprising of Mitch McConnell, Paul Ryan, Donald Trump, and Mike Pence. What would it be called if it was a four-man band? The Division. Ooh. <laughs> and that was this week's edition of Fire at Will. Shoguns, go ahead and sing us in. All right, Corey, shall we get into the brief? Let's do it. And first on the brief today, we have Nikki Haley leaving the UN. So this was a surprise resignation uh, that President Trump accepted from uh, now current acting UN uh, Representative Nikki Haley. Um, She left abruptly, uh, giving no real indication as to why. Uh, this coming uh, a day after a Washington Post watchdog group has uh, accused her of violating ethics laws uh, regarding plane trips and that were in the tens of thousands of dollars that Haley reported as only costing uh, hundreds of dollars. Uh, these accepted from businesses that donated to her campaign, uh, which makes it look as though she was uh, selling out foreign policy to businesses that had supported her. Uh, this following the Scott Pruitt, the notorious issues with him um, going on extravagant vacations and spending uh, tons of money. Um, these business people uh, who had donated in total around $40,000 to uh, her gubernatorial campaign in South Carolina. So uh, th- there's not a whole lot more to go on on this. Um, President Trump is currently looking for someone to cover for Haley here in the next three to four weeks. So we'll see who that's going to be. Um, but Julio, how does this make the Republicans look, specifically the Trump administration with these midterm elections coming up and Haley resigning as another casualty to the Trump administration? If we didn't have a big week last, well, actually last two big weeks with the whole Supreme Court nomination thing, this would be huger, bigger news than it is right now. I think it's kind of being swept under the rug in the sense of um, it wasn't as big a story as the Brett Kavanaugh uh, induction. But if you look at it through a microscope, damn, we're another one bites the dust, baby. So here's a list of people who have uh, resigned or have been fired. That's going to take you like an hour to read. It's going to take, uh, I hope you all have a, a lot of time. I'm going to mispronounce all these names. Uh, Katie Walsh. Preet Bharara, Sally Yates, Michael T. Flynn, James Comey, Walter Shaw, Michael DeBuca, <laughs> Sean Spicer, Ryan Priebus, 
Anthony Scaramucci, the Mooch, Steve Bannon, death himself, uh, <laughs> Sebastian Gorka, Tom Price, Amorosa, Dr. Brenda Fitzgerald, Rob Porter, Hope Hicks, are you still with me? Gary Cohen, Rex Tellerson, Andrew McCabe, poor Andrew McCabe, H.R. McMaster, Tom Bassert, Scott Brook, and now Nikki Haley. Five of those people were fired. The rest of them resigned. I think Nikki Haley got out of there before the midterms, just in case the Democrats are correct about the blue wave coming in, and we'll talk about that later. Um, but if she still has a really good relationship with the president and with Republicans and has a hell of a career ahead of her. So I think she did her job that she needed to do in the U.N. The things that you just read off, I haven't heard about that once in the news and not in any of the initial reports. No. Um, Even granted, like, we got that from the news. Oh, I got that list from the business, business insider. The so. literal storm Hurricane Michael has literally destroyed everything. Yes. Politically and uh, our prayers and thoughts are with everyone in Florida right now. Yeah. Survive on the panhandle. Yes. We need more Florida man stories. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I really think this is a calculated move just on her part. I don't think there's going to be any... Um, do you scandal think, or anything do you think she's doing this solely because of these accusations because i find it kind of hard to believe no no because uh who was the head of the epa he was still there scott for a while Pruitt. yeah scott Pruitt problem i just read that name too um that was because of that this i think is different because she we haven't heard her name in the news in a while like there wasn't really a big scandal behind uh what she's done and overspending in the government isn't is like news are you water telling wet. me that the government is over bloated <laughs> and yeah this is coming from the fucking liberal bam baby we are a explicit podcast for a reason lock the kids up clear the sidewalks politically casuals in the house god we lost shit hit the listeners. fan shit hit the fan but this isn't a scandalous thing this is just this is her this is purely calculated so, for her career so, so what i find interesting is is it was reported that just about no one knew of this resignation until the day of. And everybody was surprised except for the president. She probably had, you know, she's always had open communication with Donald Trump. Yeah, what I find interesting is that she was probably the most critical of him during the campaign. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And somehow they became friends and ultimately co-workers. Um, I, I think that just shows the... I think they kind of had an understanding. And for the record, I you know, I don't like this guy at all. But I think they had kind of an understanding like, hey... I'm going to do my job. I'm going to criticize you, but I'm going to, you know, I'm still a Republican at the end of the day. It and makes us better, Julia. It, you know, it, challenging each other. Challenging each other. But you see, the, the problem is they're both Republicans. They're not going across the aisle or anything. So Are you saying that, that we challenge each other and they don't? I guess that is what I'm saying. <laughs> Let's prematurely fire Richard. Richard, you're rehired, actually. You got fired last week. Richard told me he's registered as an independent. Get back in the shoe closet. You stupid. <laughs> Quit huffing the paint. We need to use that later. <laughs> anyway, um, what other questions you got for me, Cor? Um, I would ask you who we think uh, is going to replace Nikki Haley, but I honestly have not the Dr. Seuss, Kermit <laughs> the Frog, Scooby-Doo, any one of them. <laughs> any one of the them. The list is long, Shaggy and Scooby. Yes. I, I've got nothing left for you on this. All right, let's move on to the next story. All right. Uh, Julia, we're going to move on to... Uh, to what uh, everybody in the news is calling the Kavanaugh effect. Um, so, uh, according to uh, Brett Kavanaugh, uh, this is going to be the most diverse Supreme Court staff in history. So, now that Kavanaugh's ex finally accepted on the court... Is going to be there? <laughs> are they going to be boofing? Squee and PJ are going to do Squee the devil's triangle. He brings the boys back. <laughs> Oh, fuck, I hate this. 
<laughs> Sounds like a bad porno. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, keep reading. We're gonna get in trouble. Oh, whoops. <laughs> uh, so now that Kavanaugh is finally accepted onto the Supreme Court uh, on a fifty to forty-eight vote, um, basically on the party line, um, Kavanaugh is adding uh, four new clerks, which are all women, Yay. onto his clerking staff. So there's going to be like 21 among 41 clerks that are women. Uh, the first time that a majority has ever been uh, women. There so we go. this, I think, kind of shows Kavanaugh supporting the women's rights. Um, kind of to to disengage those people that have that are being contentious about him not supporting women's rights, um, which should just be humans. It's rights. It's like he's saying, how do you like me now? How do you like them apples? Because Matt Damon played him in the SNL skit, which was hilarious. Um, he, was, he was awful in that skit. But I thought it was so funny. Um, I I don't know. I agree. So, so I, the, I the interesting it's... fact, let me read the story. <laughs> interesting fact. Uh, I'm going to be Stephen A. Smith <laughs> over here. <laughs> the, the best part that I found out about this uh, story from the Washington Examiner is that uh, the conservatives have already drawn attention to Kavanaugh's staff diversity and compared that to the current justice, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who, by of the course. way, can't stay awake during the State of the Union addresses. Um, she has only had like one black clerk out of 100 since joining the court. And Kavanaugh already has three black, cur- black clerks. But he started like later. You know what I mean? I don't know. Uh, it's so it's, it's so stupid and relative. Like, it's so petty. Yes. That's the word. But... The Democrats would be stupid and petty what, about what, it as well. What do you think he's going to do? Go in there and like appoint all of these like white males that have been accused of sexual assault? Probably not. I mean, it's a political. I feel like I'm very happy for these women. I'm not taking anything away from that. And I'm also not taking away from any of the allegations uh, that Dr. Christine Blasey Ford brought up, which are super important. And uh, I totally got her back. Um, but I'm taking what I'm saying is. This is just so predictable. Like it's just so predictable. I'm not surprised, and I'm I'm happy that it's happening. But it just it's like, of course you would do that. Here's good the good thing. that you did that. Good on you. But of course here's you the thing: that. is I think it's predictable on both sides as to how this is going to play out. And there's already been talk on the Democratic side about trying to impeach Kavanaugh if they somehow come away with a majority for these midterm elections. And I feel like you're. You're doing a disservice to one, the FBI investigation, two, the legitimacy of the, the legitimacy of the Supreme Court, and three, the the judicial branch itself. Well, you could say that, but you could say the Republicans did a disservice to the FBI by putting a timeline on the whole investigation. <laughs> you can't really say here's that. Here's the thing: they put a timeline of a week and they finished it in three days. Yeah, but they didn't even interview uh, Dr. Ford herself. That's or Brett Kavanaugh himself. They already interviewed them. They didn't interview him. They had the testimony, but they didn't full-fledged interview him. Because they already had as much information as she could get. But they should have done it again for thoroughness. I mean, I just don't, I, I don't know. The whole thing puts a bad taste in my mouth because it was all so horribly mismanaged and probably should have taken more time. Yeah. But I'm, 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 I'm happy that he appointed these women who I'm sure are very well capable of doing their jobs, way more capable than we are of running a podcast <laughs> and putting it out on time. Um, but... Uh, it's, it just seems so petty at this point. Like, look at Ruth Bader Ginsburg's <laughs> clerks. Like, 
Homegirl's done so much for women and people of color and shit. Like, come on. And slept. <laughs> she slept a lot. Hell, I sleep during the State <laughs> of the Union. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, stay when, awake for that. When you're like 80 and probably taking blood pressure meds. If I'm 80, I'm going to be drinking so much bourbon <laughs> and eating so much steak. Like, just, you know, what more do you have to see after Kill that? me now. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> what, you know, at that point, I hope I've seen the world. But it's like, you know, just have a good time. Yeah. Shoplift. You know, park in the handicap spot, which I'm pretty sure you probably would be able to do at that age. But I'm getting way off track. But the, thing, <laughs> the thing is, can you tell we're recording late, folks? Uh, the thing is, I just think the whole thing's petty. Uh, like, if they want to try and impeach Kavanaugh in the assumption that the Dems will take the House and the Senate or one or the other during the midterms, which we have yet to see, um, go for it. See what happens. It's going to happen if, if they win. Um, I just, the whole thing's a mess. So the so whole system's a mess right now. In your opinion, should the Dems try to impeach Kavanaugh if they get a majority? <sighs> Do you think that that ruins the legitimacy of the court? I don't think it ruins the legitimacy of the court. I think because we had this, we had that letter that just based on his temperament alone, uh, they said that he shouldn't be a Supreme Court justice. The fact that how he seems so bipartisan, uh, not bipartisan, partisan. If he was bipartisan, that'd be great. He was so partisan during the hearing itself. Yeah, go for it. And the fact that I mean, the, yeah. the FBI investigation didn't take nearly I would argue time. that anybody who's accused of of sexual misconduct that doesn't that you know didn't actually do it and was accused of it multiple times by multiple people for and outrageous outrageous claims um, supported by porn star lawyers. Um, I would be pretty pissed hey, off. Hey, leave Michael Avenatti alone. You know what? Michael Avenatti wants to run for president, so. Uh, I hope, Dude, I hope he does. Dude, I hope he does. I would love to see that man on the debate stage. I saw him. Uh, I watched the maybe, last. Maybe Stormy Daniels I watched can run an as episode of Vice. Man. No, was it Vice? Oh, the circus on it, Showtime. Yeah, where they fantastic. interviewed where they interviewed Julie Swetnick, right? Yeah, and uh, Avenatti's there. It was just, it, dude, he has so much fire and lava in his veins. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. Guy's a nutcase. I mean, he's got fire. He's kind of like he's like he reminds me of Anthony Scaramucci, but for the left. And a lot less like bombastic and like saying crazy sh- stuff. On he's the air. he's bombastic. Yeah, like he has the same like bombastic energy as Scaramucci, but I don't. I don't. Think he's that I don't. This. I don't think the Dems will ever support him. But we're off yeah. topic. We're getting way off topic. But um, let's rein it in. Let let's let's do that, Julio. Let's uh, let's go to our uh, our next segment here. Ooh, our newest segment. All right. So for our newest segment, we are naming it. Paparazzi politics. Yeah. Yay. Boo. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, uh, so <laughs> that'll be our that'll our homegirl and the lovely, the amazing, the multi-talented and fantastic, very beautiful. How many more uh, adjectives can I put in there? Um, Pop singer slash country singer. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, what she actually is. Taylor Swift uh, has come out in political support uh, of of the Dems. It seems Corey, you got the post up. Um, let's see. Um, okay. We have the, uh, Instagram posts here. This is a long one. I'll probably just skim through it. Uh, I'm writing this and this is quote from Taylor Swift's Instagram post, which you all should follow and follow us at, uh, politically casual. Uh, I'm writing this post about the upcoming midterm elections on November 6th in which I'll be voting in the state of Tennessee. In the past, I've been reluctant to publicly voice my political opinions, but due to several events in my life and the world in the past two years, I feel very different about that now. 
I have always have and always will cast my vote based on which candidate will protect and fight for the rights uh, for human rights. I believe we all deserve this in this country. I believe the fight for the LGBTQ rights and that any form of discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender is wrong. I believe that the systematic racism we still see in this country towards people of color is terrifying, sickening, and prevalent. I cannot vote for someone who will not be willing to fight for dignity for all Americans, no matter their skin, color, gender, or who they love. Running for the Senate, running for Senate in the state of Tennessee is a woman named Marsha Blackburn. As much as I have in the past and would like to continue voting for this woman in office, I cannot support Marsha Blackburn. Her voting record in Congress appalls and terrifies me. She voted against the Equal Pay for Women. She voted against the reauthorization of the Violence Against Women Act, which attempts to protect women from domestic violence, stalking, and date rape. She believes businesses have a right to refuse service to gay couples. She also believes they should not have the right to marry. These are my not my Tennessee values. I will be voting for Phil Bredson for Senate and Jim Cooper for the House of Representatives. Please, please educate yourself on the candidates running in your state and vote based on who most closely represents your values. For a lot of us, we may never find a candidate or party with whom we agree 100% on every issue, but we have to vote anyway. So many intelligent, thoughtful, and self-possessed people have turned 18 in the past two years and now have the right and privilege to make the vote count. But there, But first, you need to register, which is quick and easy to do. October 9th is the last day to register to vote in the state of Tennessee. GoVote.org, and you can find all the info. Happy voting. Uh, voting emoji, smiley emoji, and uh, uh, it's a rainbow emoji. I'm glad that you specified what emoji uh, It's very important to the quote. And this is going down <laughs> in history. That's going to have to be in, in children's <laughs> history books, Corey. The emojis. <laughs> I mean, come on. Eventually, we'll know what they all mean. It's important to note that voting registration skyrocketed after she posted this. So I commemorate Taylor Swift for doing this and rallying her base to go out and vote, which is very important. Everyone, go vote. Yeah, so here's the thing. Voting registration may have increased, but that doesn't mean that voting turnout increases in tandem. That sure does help. We'll see. It sure does help. We'll see. Go fucking vote. We'll see if those people uh, that were too late to get uh, absentee val- ballots actually go out to their yeah, churches Corey, and schools. Yeah, the show was like, hey, did you get your absentee ballot? I was like, no, nah, I, I just like showing up to the church and voting. It's like one of my favorite things in the world. Yeah, just so, drive right down the street. Yeah, pretty much. And then there's always people there with signs. That's brutal. Vote Scott Lips. <laughs> just gave one of our <laughs> local politicians a shout out. I love his signs, by the way. Yeah. So there's a, so there's a guy where we live around here called Scott Lips, and it's uh, like love for lips or something like that. And oh, like yeah. It's got like big red lips. It's got big red lips. It always creeps me out. But I mean, you know, I nearly just Embrace keep him in the office just because the signs are just so. It's brilliant. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if your name's Scott Lips, how are you not going to have a sign like that? So, so. In response to this, yeah, back to this. I would like to quote a tweet from Governor Mike Huckabee because I think this ties it all together. And it's so at Taylor Swift 13, which I guess at Taylor Swift was taken, um, has every right to be political, but it won't impact elections unless we allow 13 year old girls to vote. Still with hashtag Marsha Blackburn. And I think that really says it all. I don't think so, man. I think that I says it all for the Republican side. Says but, it I all. mean, the voter voter registration skyrocketed. So. 13-year-olds aren't going out and registering to vote. They can. All right. And I was, th- she has way more fans than 13-year-old girls. There yeah, are 24-year-old girls, 14-year-old girls. <laughs> no, but 25-year-old men like myself. Shake, 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 <laughs> shake. Oh, shit. That ain't her song, is it? 
I don't know. I never. No, I just say, <laughs> shake it off, shake it off. So I would also like to quote another tweet from Charlie Kirk that says, hey, at Taylor Swift 13, you just endorsed a Democrat in the Tennessee Senate race with a ridiculous statement saying Marsha Blackburn, a woman, is against women. You have absolutely no idea what you are talking about. Your career has never recovered since Kanye handed it. Her career has recovered. I don't I don't get it. Like she's one of the most talented artists that has ever graced the planet. You know, talent is subjective and successful. Talent is subjective, Julia. Uh, yeah, but I mean, she, okay, if if you picked up a guitar right now and she's right here in this room, uh, and after she rejects my proposal to marry her uh, for obvious reasons, <laughs> uh, and I say both of you play the guitar and sing, we'll see who's more talented. I bet Homegirl plays the lights out. You know why, what I mean? Why does she have to be called Homegirl? Whatever she wants to be called. How are you? T Swift, <laughs> T Dog. But no, I think it's awesome that she's um, she's because it's inspiring. Her fans who are maybe too young um, to become more intelligent and more um, optimistic and, and more empowered to vote and uh, be smarter voters. And the fact that uh, that woman politician probably isn't against women, that maybe is a blanket statement. She didn't vote for the things that were important to Taylor. And, and Taylor made the intelligent decision to vote her out. That's how politics works. And, you know, that's her... That's her politics, liberal or conservative. That's what she wants to do, and that's everyone else's rights. Yeah, I mean, but does does anyone care? <sighs> Obviously so. We're talking about it right now. Yeah, but does her opinion make you want to vote more for Democrats or less? Or Me personally, no, because it doesn't speak to me because I was going to do that anyway. But um, maybe there's a girl that did just turn 18 and, you know, whatever, Jacksonville, Florida, and saw all that crazy stuff happen. And now she's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to vote because, you know, my idol is voting. And on the other side, we can talk about Kanye West doing that kooky. <laughs> I shouldn't call it kooky. Uh, doing that speech during the uh, SNL uh, live show. And they actually cut the cameras during his little monologue about Donald Trump. Um, people care about that. I mean, people are listening. I mean, now he's now Kanye backs Donald Trump and vice versa as well. Um, and that's probably getting more Republicans to listen to his music. I heard Alex Jones. Uh, Alex Jones said something like, he's like, yeah, I always thought Kanye was a moron. But then, you know, I started listening to his politics. And then I started listening to his music. And he's good. He's a genius. Like, Alex. <laughs> Alex. What the, what, Chill out, come man. Come on, dude. Like, come on. So so Marsha Blackburn actually went, went on to. She yeah, on, what was her response to all this? She was on Fox News uh, the day after this. In uh, a quote here says, of course, I support women and I want violence to end against women. I have been very active in abuse shelters and in child advocacy centers. I've been advocating for women in equal pay since I was 19 years old and making certain that women have the opportunity for maximum pay. End quote. It just sucks. Like, imagine if Taylor Swift, Swift was against you. You'd be done for. You'd be done for. Like, well, she's, she's my guess is that she'd make a breakup song about you. <laughs> a voting out song that'd be awesome if taylor did that It'd be awesome sorry you just weren't right for the american people goodbye <laughs> it'd be like it'd be like sorry maybe we I could be songwriters for taylor and she could pay us you were gone and now i'm in the senate and i'm going next to thing you know shit. kenny loggins yeah. is going to support the republican <laughs> <laughs> that'd be awesome <laughs> kenny loggins oh man oh man yes <laughs> Way to, to the danger zone. Oh, it's it's too top. <laughs> it's too Top Gun in here, man. Yes. Oh man. Oh gosh. Are you done with this? I am. 
Um, let's go on to the final page. Let's do it. And of course, for the final page today, it's about polls. And it's about the Democratic enthusiasm edge evaporating after this Kavanaugh effect. So I'm going to go over some numbers with you, Julio. And you tell me whether they are uh, surprising to you or not. So uh, first poll here. Let me just spoil it for you. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just spoil it it right now. No. (laughs) So here's, here's the first set of polls here. Uh, that shows a large share of, a public, of Republicans now say the November elections are very important. Uh, the Republicans jumped from 68% to 80%. Democrats only jumped 4% from 78 to 82 So what's the final number? So 82% of Democrats are saying that uh, November elections are important. Republicans are saying 80%. We're beating them by two. Yes. Fellow liberals. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, it seems to have jumped a lot more with, uh, it has a breakdown from women and men, but I mean, it it jumped up for all those. um, So this this will be interesting to to me. Women, what was it before and what was it after? So for Democrats, it went down. Really? It went down from 81% to 79. Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot, but. But still uh, uh, should be noted. Uh, for men, and I, I find this, this is intriguing, um, went from 73% to 88. Wow. Wow. And I, I'm, I'm going to switch. I bet, I bet the majority of those men are Republicans then, you would think, right? Because that, that's, that the, that's the only way you could link that together. I actually kind of want to say, this is just pure speculation. Yeah. I'm going to think that this is actually the LGBT group within the Democratic Party that are supporting uh Women that may have been, yeah, I could see that sexually uh, assaulted or, or whatnot. And our hearts go out to all women who have been sexually assaulted. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It was. It was like you remember when we first started this. I was like, we support the troops. Now it's everyone who's been sexually assaulted. Our hearts go out. Even men. both great messages. Even men. Even men. Way. Yes, and women. One out of six. Or men. any everyone in between. Whatever uh, denomination or gender you associate yourself with, also pets and animals. <laughs> usually usually my dog buddy is here with me and if you listen to the podcast he might bark in the background once in a while i actually kind of miss it like i need the see the funny thing is is i can thing. breathe now because he's gone yeah exactly uh, okay let's get let's get back so so uh on to republican women now this is big okay went from 71 percent to 83 percent wow so you're jumping 12 points and with men you went from 76 percent to 78 or 66 percent to 78 percent um, for independence, it stayed the same. They're just upset that they're just upset Ralph Nader isn't on the ballot. Gotta love them. But you can see that this has rallied the Republican base. Oh yeah. And you're now looking at um, a race of between eighty percent and eighty-two percent. And let's keep in mind that polls have skewed liberal in the past. They I have begrudgingly say. Because yeah. remember when uh, Brexit was supposed to not happen and Hillary Clinton was supposed to win because the polls said so? Well, well, when you have popularity polls and it, it, that's what happens. Those weren't even popularity polls. Those were done by professional pollsters, just like this one here. So who's, who's to say it's not 80-80, 82-80 well, in favor of Republicans? Realistically, it's in, it's in the margin of error. And then you have 65% of independents who believe that this is 
important, and yeah. God only knows whether they'll vote for some idiot libertarian or whatever. Um, <laughs> some made-up party. S- some idiot libertarian. <laughs> I would love if there was just a guy like, I'm Tobin Smith, some idiot libertarian. What is Aleppo? What is Aleppo? Do you not like either party? Vote for me. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I am both Democrat, Republican, and... And libertarian. I'm the worst parts of all parties. I'm one half libertarian, one half Republican, and one half I'm Democrat. a vegan on Mondays and Tuesdays, <laughs> and I exclusively eat meat the rest of the week. <laughs> I'm a cat and a dog person. <laughs> but a I, 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 think these, uh, I think these polls show that I think this Kavanaugh hearing may have had the opposite effect that Democrats initially thought that they were going to have. You don't say. I outrageously claim that Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and Dianne Feinstein thought that this would rally their base. And it may have, but it has deterred a lot of their base from voting for them. And in fact, made them not want to vote for them at all. You know, I think uh, I'm going to add to that and kind of subtract to it to uh, kind of a rebuttal, but I'm still kind of in agreement. I think it rallied both bases. I think it equally rallied both the Democratic base, just a tad bit more, but then the Republican base a lot. I don't think the Republicans really cared about voting in this election. Oh, they didn't up until now. Like, when we spoke before the show about all the Democrats had to do... The three things that Democrats could have ran on was, um, I would have said, uh, immigration, uh, the environment, um, and probably health care. If that's all they wanted to do and like wrap that up in a little bundle, they probably would have been fine. What, what honestly would have helped is keeping this whole... Uh, sexual misconduct stuff behind closed doors. I think that would have helped every. If party it wasn't such a involved. charade, if it wasn't such a charade, like if it was handled properly, because what they got the they got the information two months prior to the hearing. Yes, something like that. Uh, that yeah, even as a liberal, I'm like, come on, mm. you didn't come out immediately with that information, like immediately. Yeah, especially it, if it's if it's something as crazy as sexual assault, like. What, what are you staying quiet for? Yeah, like, you have I, to bring that up immediately and get it taken and care I mean, of And I mean, you had Diane Feinstein meeting with Kavanaugh behind closed doors after assigning a lawyer to Christine Blasey Ford, but and not saying anything to him. But what's done is done. And it's, what's done is done. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think being a uh, an expert on poll reading, that uh, the Republicans are going to come away with a majority in this. I don't know. I I call it 50-50. 50-50 with a slight... I mean, the only the only thing deterring Republicans right now is the fact that you have a lot of Republicans resigning. Oh, Lots yeah. Lots of them. Tons. And I think... I think the Nikki reason- Haley's resignment, to me, especially from earlier in the show, that speaks volumes to me. That she's kind of like, eh, I think it's time for me I to I think dead. what you have is a changing of the guard within the Republican Party, where you're having more... We'll, we'll call it new blood coming in because i think that they're they're sort of changing their facade they're they're becoming trump republicans is that a good thing though you think i, I don't i don't know if it's changing the guard i could say it's that. becoming populism yeah i could i i think it's more like some of those republicans that resigned are like i don't want to be any part of this i'm gonna wait till it blows over and then i'll come back in i'll jump into the pool once it's warmer you know what i mean i mean i think i think the reason being that you see so much resignations being tendered is because Politics has gotten ugly within the last 10 years. Yeah, but Trump's the one that made it ugly to begin it with. It was ugly before that. But he really just went in there and went, hey, what's this knob? Weak. <laughs> I mean, from when, 5 to 10 real quick. When you're in 2016 and you say, hey, Hillary, 
you're the best we've got and you have so much baggage that we could fill an airplane with it and nobody else on the plane could have any cargo bins. We're going to let you run for president. When we got the Dems old, really should have ran more people. Old Joe ridiculous. Blow Biden over here that could have ran for president and, and just cleaned slaughtered. House. Clean house. He would have just cleaned house. That I was mean, so dumb. I mean, you Hillary have to. Clinton, I, I, I'm a liberal. I'm, I'm a liberal. Hillary Clinton, for the record, for me, is one of the weakest candidates that have ever run for president. To get beaten by Barack Obama, a one-term senator, uh, her first time <laughs> running, and then getting beaten by Donald Trump, a slice of bread with a tuxedo could have beaten Donald Trump. Like, and that was Bernie Sanders, by the way. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm not I, even a big Bernie Sanders fan. I'm just telling you, I'm just calling it how I see it. Like, I honestly so think that if Hillary didn't have the backing of the DNC at that time, Bernie would have won. I think he was on his way, but it was like, but his his he was such a radical, but so was Donald Trump. Yeah, but I think Donald Trump was a radical and a conservative, uh, almost tame economic type of way. Bernie was in, hey, we have money. You think the government spends a lot now. You just wait. You ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah, that or reallocating certain resources. But, I mean, like you said, they are just they were both the, the extremes on each side. I would have rather seen that race than the Hillary Clinton-Donald Trump race because it's like— I mean, I think now what you're going to have is with these polls— showing what they're showing and knowing the Democrats and the people that they have, I don't think you have a genuine presidential candidate on the Democrats. Beto O'Rourke, if he can beat Ted Cruz, he could be the next Barack Obama. I'm putting my money. That's why. So the last election for me, I think I was rooting for on the Republican side, John Kasich, and I was rooting for Hillary Clinton, I guess. But uh, as I reluctantly say that, I'm a freaking liberal. Uh, But... I think Beto O'Rourke is probably your best chance. You could probably run Cory Booker. He might do well. Elizabeth Warren, maybe. Yeah. I like Elizabeth Warren, but a lot of other people don't like Elizabeth Warren because uh, Donald Trump likes to call her Pocahontas. Um, that is hysterical. You which know is why. really culturally insensitive. But uh, As if she wasn't culturally insensitive. But I would <laughs> say that... Uh, they have candidates. They just got to find them. They just got to get. They got to get some of those. Really, they out need there. to find a platform because. Yes. My issue. Yes. My issue with the Democrats is is okay. You're saying everything that you don't like, and I get that you don't like the Republicans. I understand. Pick something that you want to support because, as far as I can tell, you just hate everything and don't want to do anything. Yeah. The, uh, <sighs> and it's I'm, so and hard to pick a party. Their platforms. You know, it's it's kind of that. It's it's like a really schizophrenic platform. Like, like one week, one week, it's, girl. one week, it's immigration. The other week, it's health care. The other week, it's this. And they need to, like, just find a way to, like, unify it and, like, find something that's just as much right as, there. As much as you may not like the Republicans messaging, Trump has pulled them together. He yeah, absolutely in a, in a, did. In a very twisted and maniacal sort of fashion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But unified nonetheless. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what he did. I'm not even going to disagree with you. He's a, you know. I'm going to stop right there, but yeah, he he definitely did do that. But the Democrats, Barack Obama was the one that did that for the Democrats, and then all the Democrats got voted out by the Tea Party, uh, replacing them, and then this is now this is where we're at. So my question to you is, how do the Democrats recover from this Kavanaugh effect in a month? I think they will. They got a month. A lot of things. That, remember, Hillary Clinton had a huge lead in her election. And then James Comey, homeboy, decided, yeah, let's reopen this FBI investigation. Let's see what else she's got. <laughs> and then really just flattened her out. So a lot can happen in a month. A lot can happen in a month. And Donald Trump is so unpredictable, he could say something 
wackadoo crazy tomorrow. And then his Here, here's the thing. Have to catch up he to could him. say something wackadoo crazy tomorrow and those numbers won't change. I don't know. I don't know. Because Maybe. he's still drawing. So, um, if I was all I w- stays quiet on the Western front when it comes to the judge thing. I think the Dems should be okay. So he recently had a rally in Tennessee. I think it was Johnson City, Tennessee. Um, there were people, there was 90,000 people that wanted tickets to go and see him. And only like only like 10,000 got accepted. Um, there were people that went out two days early to stake out spots to go and see him speak. It's like Orange Tuesday instead of Black Friday. Yes. But I don't know of any other, what we'll say, quote-unquote presidential person that has garnered that sort of attention. Yeah. I mean, no, he's, Bar- he's, Barack he, Obama but, was huge. I agree. Barack Obama was on the same level. What, but, like, you, but you have Trump creating his own phenomena around him. But who's running the White House while he's doing that? Like, who the fuck is running the White House? Everybody that he put in place to run it. <laughs> They're just resigning left and right. I mean, who's who's there? Who? Not That's what bothers me about that. Not Nikki Haley and not Hope Hicks. And not about a gajillion <laughs> other people. I don't know. Bring back Scaramucci. That was nuts. <laughs> that guy was unhinged. <laughs> I liked him. Yeah. The Mooch. <laughs> I mean, the whole the whole thing's a circus anyway. You might as well. I mean, bring in like Booker T. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like bring in Booker T. He's not wrestling anymore. Do you do you think the independents play a role in this at all? Oh, of course they do. They do every year. I do mean, you think it'll be a solid like 50-50? Cause not with independents. So usually an independent is an independent because they don't agree with either party. And if one party is fucking up a lot, um, it's they're probably gonna vote the other way. So that's I would I would think I don't know. I really don't know. The, the, that poll is like the I don't know what that crap is going to happen this november poll yeah i mean originally it looked like okay dems are going to take it all and now it's like dems ain't going to take it all Yeah, i mean they had such a strong lead i mean such as even if the polls are skewed it was such a huge lead now now you're within gone now you're within a margin of error that blue wave looks like a blue splash now i it looks like a drizzle man it looks like a blue drop and I would be, I just have to say, I if I was a Democrat, I would be worried about my seat right now. But Republicans too, they both need to be worried. I mean, they both got, they're 80 versus 80. There's no guarantees. You can't just be a Republican and be like, yeah, we're going to be safe now. Like, no one's safe. No one's safe. Who yeah. knows? It could be, it I would could be, be blue, red. It could be red, red, blue, blue. I would be anxious red, blue. to see if, uh, if Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer get, uh, voted. Nah, out. they're just, so, they're so safe. They're like Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell's probably not going to go anywhere. I wish he would. We all do. <laughs> Old turtle. Old turtle. <laughs> I love Mitch McConnell. Julio, do you got, you have anything else to, uh, to say? I think about we these covered polls? a lot. Um, do we want to do this week in history or do we want to just go ahead and wrap up the show? Um, I think we could uh, we could go ahead and do a little This Week in History. And in This Week in History, in 1845, the U.S. Naval Academy is founded at Annapolis, Minnesota? Maryland. Maryland. You idiot. Should we start <laughs> that over? And in 1863, the first telegraph line to Denver is completed all the way high up there. In 1911, the revolution in China begins with a bomb explosion and the discovery of the revolutionary headquarters in Hankow. Yes, that's what that is. And in 1911, 
the Panama Canal opens, which the U.S. finally returned to Panama. Yay. In 1933, at Rio de Janeiro, nations of the Western Hemisphere signed a non-aggression and co uh, conciliation treaty. And in 1953, the Mutual Defense Treaty between the U.S. and South Korea is signed. In 1966, U.S. forces launched Operation Robin in Hao province in the South Saigon region in South Vietnam to provide road security between villages. And we're going to skip to 2008. Uh, Orakazi bombing in Afghanistan. Uh, members of the Taliban drive an explosive-laden truck into a meeting of 600 people discussing ways to rid their area of the Taliban. The bomb kills 110. All right, we've got a little bit of time left in the theme song. Which one was your favorite? Um, the founding of Annapolis. I like that. <laughs> I actually really like the Telegraph because it's like I'm, phones and stuff. You know. I mean, yeah, we use them every day, right? That was this week in history. All right, Cor, go ahead and close this out. And you can listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts, except for Spotify. Um, please, if you listen to us on iTunes, rate and subscribe. It truly helps. Um, you can go ahead and email us any questions you'd like discussed on next week's show or whenever that occurs at politically.casual at gmail.com. You can also submit those questions on our website at politicallycasual.com. The views expressed on the show do not reflect the professional organizations that actually employ the hosts or the hosts themselves. All right, that's it for this week. Bye. Bye-bye.